This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Threepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Napa know-how. Right now, Napa Legend batteries come with a $15 rebate by mail. Their long-lasting durability stands up to extreme conditions. So even on scorching days, it'll puff its chest out and be all like, hey, summer heat, find another car battery to drain. Napa Legend Batteries with $15 mail-in rebate. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores. Offer expires 831-18. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Ryan Tannehill, quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, and I represent the fence sider with the PH. Third down and five. At the Washington 22-yard line, Jim Mandich has come in, replacing Mara Fleming at tight end. And Tully and Warfield split off the near side. The Dolphins haven't used any of their timeouts. Clock moving with 33 seconds. Greasy drops to throw. He sets up. He is firing in the corner. Mandich. I am your host, Matthew Kanata. I'm joined by Sutton and House. And tonight we're going Woo! to preview the yeah. week one game. Football is back, ladies and gentlemen, yes. boys and girls. We Do are it. ready to go. We are killing it. We are rocking it. And tomorrow night, the Broncos open up with the Carolina Panthers. And then just a few days later, we watch the Miami Dolphins 
head to Seattle and take home their first victory. Because that's how it's going to go, right, boys? Uh, we, are going, yes. we are going to march into the loudest stadium in the NFL. The Dolphins are going to raise all sorts of hell. Jarvis Landry over 100 yards receiving. Ryan Tannehill over 300 yards passing. Arian Foster, two touchdown runs. It's going to be all rainbows and butterflies. But that is because Ryan Tannehill was named a team captain today. And while quarterbacks, you may think, yeah, there's a quarterback. Why wouldn't they be the team captain? You see, Ryan Tannehill is not a normal quarterback in the NFL. He has faced some tough times under head coach Joe Philbin. Joe Philbin, of course, did not really like him after year one. He has faced tough times in the locker room with some of his teammates, namely Mike Wallace, Brandon Gibson, and even towards the end there, Brian Hartline, when Tannehill pledged allegiance to Bill Lazor over, over Hartline. He's had problems with players' wives, Michael Grimes. So it is kind of a big deal because Ryan Tannehill, this is only his second time in his five seasons in the NFL that he's been named a team captain. The last time he was named the team captain was two seasons ago, 2014. Previously, Joe Philbin had a leadership council because Joe Philbin did not believe in captains in his first few years. We all know how the leadership council went because that worked out <laughs> quite well for him and Jonathan Martin. Right, boys? Yeah. And yeah, now that, was, that was interesting how um, how the leadership council changed over a relatively short amount he got, of time. He got, he, got, he got rid of all of them except Tannehill after the first year. <laughs> yeah, that's fun time. And then uh, the players voted Tannehill in along with a few others that we'll talk about in just a few minutes. But if you search through Twitter today and just happen to stumble upon I Heart Miko, and I know we don't want to talk about her that much, but she's a crazy lunatic, so it's hard not to. And people do follow her blindly, so it's sometimes I feel it's my job and others' jobs to kind of open their eyes a little bit. There is no conspiracy, as she alluded to. The fix was in for Ryan Tannehill. Listen, these are grown men in a very tight locker room where the coaches do not hang around. Believe it or not, the coaches very rarely step foot in that locker room. Okay? That is the players' home. You have some coaches in the NFL, like Ron Rivera, who do hang out in the locker room to get to know their players better. But for the most part, 98% of the NFL coaches do not really go in there. So that is their domain. That is their home. If Adam Gase had the players' vote, and I'm sure he did, and then it comes back that Ryan Tannehill was named the team captain based on the player's vote and Adam Gase had fixed it. These guys would find out. They, they would definitely talk amongst each other. Uh, they would tell each other they didn't vote for him and Gase's reputation would take a huge hit. So if you think this is some kind of fix, some kind of conspiracy, you are most likely wrong. Because again, this is a grown man locker room and they're no dummies. They will see right through it. And they know enough. They're cynical enough to see right through it. And that's just the way it is. Now, besides Ryan Tannehill, Cameron Wake was named the team captain, Michael Thomas, Rashad Jones, and Mike Pouncey. And, so, and what are your thoughts on, you know, Ryan Tannehill being named the team captain, <clears throat> along with the others? You know, Cameron Wake's been a captain before, so is Pouncey pretty much every year. Uh, Rashad Jones is an absolute beast, and Michael Thomas is a great special teams player. And, of course, a great player in the secondary. So, Sutton, what are your thoughts on the team captain? Should we look too much into it? Or, you know, is this a time where Tannehill is really starting to develop into a leader? 
no, I think it's a relatively important distinction, and this was, you know, based off of a conversation we had right before we went live. You know, I, I was under the impression that quarterbacks were kind of named the captain de facto, and to find out that Tannehill's only once before this year been named the team captain, I think that's a, that's an important distinction going forward. It's a new coaching staff, so uh, hopefully Tannehill does become that leader that we all want him to be. I think the only um, confusion I had amongst the captain nominations was Michael Thomas got the special teams nomination over John Benny. If I'm John Benny, I'm looking around like, what the <laughs> hell do I have to you, do to get you some and a few, notoriety you and a few with you assholes? Obsession with John Denny is absolutely Max. ridiculous. Yeah. You know, so I was, I'm, I would think that the amount of uh, time he spent with the team might have earned him something like this, but apparently not. Um, Michael Thomas obviously had a great uh, introduction as a Dolphin intercepting Tom Brady to seal that game against New England, so it's not really no, that, but that heartbreaking but of news. That's, but. that's kind of a good thing, though, that just because you're on the team uh, for a certain amount of years and the players aren't voting for you, I mean, that's good because – it just shows how legitimate the process is, you know, if, and I know they brought in competition yeah. for John Denny this year, but it's, it's good that that guys who are earning it and earning it with the respect of their teammates are actually being named captain and, and the head coaching staff is not trying to fix things around. How okay. um, I'd like Jarvis, I'd like Jarvis Landry to be named captain next year. Hopefully, hopefully yeah, that, that would be nice. He's like the, yeah. you know, he, he seems like the emotional leader of our team right now, so I'm hoping that he kind of develops into that overall uh, inspirational type leader in terms of being just on the field and making plays and, and doing it um, in action, not in words. So hopefully we right. see Juice get nominated for that next year. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely surprised Juice wasn't nominated. I mean, for me, I kind of like that a new head coach comes in and basically just wipes that slate clean and starts over fresh. I mean, I'm glad to see our quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, there. Cameron Wake, I mean, the amount of time he's put in to re- rehab from his injury, I mean, he seems hungry and ready to play. Rashad Jones, he's probably easily the best player in the secondary, if not the defense. And then Mike Pouncey, I mean, he's been here since the 2011 draft, and he's, I mean, yeah, sure, he he might not always, we might not always feel like he's getting paid what he deserves. Maybe he's a bit overpriced, but I mean, at the same time, Mike Pouncey has been pretty consistent, and as long as he's healthy, he's one of the better centers in the NFL. That's the that's thing with Pouncey is when he's healthy. You know, we've been saying that for right. a long time, and, and he had a few good years, but he has that hip issue, you know, and it, it has reoccurred again. So let's just hope Pouncey can get on the field as quick as possible. I mean, Anthony Steen didn't look horrible during preseason. No, I, know we're kind of getting off, I'm, I know we're kind of getting off topic here from the team captains. But that's the thing with Pouncey. Obviously, he's very well-respected in the locker room. He has been named captain for consecutive years now, um, and that's a big thing. Cameron Wake even, you know, obviously everyone looks up to him. Let's just hope that these guys are turning the corner because they've all been looked on leaders in the past. But really, everyone's been saying the Dolphins lack leadership, right? So they've been quiet leaders, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes in the NFL, you need to speak up. And there have been reports that Tannehill – is this is he's taking this team by his under his wing now. Adam Gase is empowering him, which he never had before. He has the freedom to make 
audible calls at the line of scrimmage. Tannehill is actually running meetings in the wide receiver and quarterback room. He's actually running offensive meetings. So he's getting that ownership of the offensive side of the ball. And that's all because of Adam Gates. So I think the players now are starting to see a little more personality from him. They're starting to see, you know, what this guy can really be. And listen, the guy is no slouch. He is a very smart guy, obviously Texas A&M, but this is a guy that's going to has aspirations to become a surgeon when he's done playing in the NFL and has already taken classes and has already taken classes for med school to become that and to achieve that dream. So he's not no dummy. He's very smart. He just needs the chance to show that he can shine. And he's finally getting that under Adam Gase. And now we see the first result. His teammates have named him team captain. We are open for calls throughout the show. If you would like to call us, you can call us at 347-326-9461. Again, that's 347-326-9461. Call and talk about whatever you would like, fantasy football, Dolphins football, peewee football, although we may not know much about it, lingerie football, (laughs) um, anything you want. We're going to take a few questions now from our Finsider live thread and on Twitter. First one from Agent J78. What are the keys to getting a surprise win at Seattle? And Agent J, I'm sorry, but we are going to address that towards the end of the show. So we will hold that question until we get there. One on Twitter regarding fantasy football. Houts, I'm going to throw this one to you. Let's do it. If, if Odell Beckham and Julio Jones are there with the second pick, who am I taking? I take Odell Beckham all day. I know Julio, uh, I think he has some kind of, well, Bobby McCain hurt him a little bit, and uh, I don't really trust Matt Ryan. Eli Manning's always a pretty damn good quarterback, and as it seems now, Adele Beckham's a top-two pick in fantasy, so I would definitely go Adele Beckham there. Uh, and what about you? Um, I might be the contrarian here. I'm going neither. I'm going David Johnson, the running back, assuming that right. Antonio Brown goes but that, first. But that wasn't part of the question. Come on, man. Okay, fair enough. I'm gonna, I'm, I, I gotta go, Julio. I go, I go consistency in fantasy football. In, in the first round, I think it's most important to just not screw it up, as opposed to hitting it out of the park. Um, you're you're getting the consistent production that you expect each week with that first round pick. You need that consistency, and we've seen it with Julio Jones. Um, Beckham um, obviously has had a tremendous. Uh, introduction to the NFL so far, so I'm going to be using words pretty fast. But <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah, think I mean, your David Johnson question uh, answer is interesting. I had I had the number five pick over no number four pick last, the other night, and I picked David Johnson because um, Antonio, Julio, and Odell went with the first first three picks, so I did yeah. spend it on David Johnson. I have another fantasy question on Twitter, and. <clears throat> That is this house. I'm going to throw it to you first. Again, what are your thoughts on late round wide receivers in a 10 team league? Jalen Strong, Eli Rogers, or Jamison Crowder? Uh, I'm going uh, Eli Rogers. I heard he's the number two. He beat out Sammy Coates up there in Pittsburgh. Uh, I know they have problems with uh, is it Wheaton that's hurt or is it the other one? I was going to mix up. But either way. Brian, uh, Brian I believe, yeah, is suspended, Mar- right? Yeah, Martavius Bryant. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I, always get, I always get those two mixed up. But yeah. I heard Eli Rogers might be the number two. He beat out Sammy Coates up there, so I'm probably going Eli Rogers. If not Kenny right. Stills, but that was not part of the question. Yeah, no, I responded too, and I said Kenny Stills, but Sutton, what about you? Yeah, yeah I'm going to agree with Houts here. You just have to go with the, this 
the Steelers' offense here. You're going to get more predictable Absolutely. offensive production from that offense. And their defense actually looks kind of shaky right now. So I'm looking at a lot of high-scoring games for the Steelers this year. So that's only going to factor in how much production and opportunity that this guy has. Yep. And and like um, Hout said, I'm not picking any of those. I know Hout said that he would go with Rodgers, right? Yes, I'm, yes. I would go with Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills is not getting drafted Absolutely. in any league right now, but he has had a tremendous preseason. Have I drafted Stills? No, I haven't. Have I picked up Stills? No, I haven't. But that's because I think I can get him in week two or three um, when he when he starts getting the exactly. easier schedule there. Yeah. So I mean, I yeah, even if, you, if even if you had him on your roster, you wouldn't be starting him this week. So right, exactly. Every, everyone else that's not a Dolphins fan is going to sleep on him a little bit longer. And right. You pick him up a little bit yeah. later when you know uh, hopefully our offense is clicking. Not to say that we can't do it this week. Crazy stuff. You know the Rams put up 37 tough. points on him last year in the in the opening week last Good year. Point. So anything can happen. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take one more question before we move on to our next segment. This is from Agent J78 in the Finsider.com live thread. Sutton, I'm going to throw this one to you first, then how to you follow up with your answer. Who do you see as being the 2016 Dolphins Offensive Player and Defensive Player of the Year? Oh, fantastic question. One that's going to make me have to use my brain and think for a minute. I'm sure if you even have one of those, but... Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. After I found out I'm having twins and I already have two kids, three and under, yeah, I kind of turned my brain to mush. But no, on offense, it's hard to not go with uh, Jarvis Landry. You'd you'd think that he's going to be the centerpiece of this offense yet again, Um, and I think he's going to get his touchdown totals up a little bit more. I just think he has that that drive that that superstars have. He never seems satisfied with the product that he has on the field. He's always aspiring to be better, and I, I believe it on the field, and I believe that we're going to see it on the field. So I think he's going to he's going to put up equal, if not greater, production that he's done before, and get the touchdown total a little bit higher. On defense, it's hard to not go with Rashad Jones again. I think. Um, he, he unfortunately might have to play a little closer to the line of scrimmage like he did last year. It would be nice to have him back in coverage, but I think he's going to be doing a lot of uh, in-the-box type of stuff, and he was just such a monster last year. And I, I really anticipate him doing the same type of stuff this year. Yeah, I absolutely agree with those. Um, for me, I'm going to go with uh, Laramie Tunsil. I mean, we took him – in the 13th, with the 13th pick, and I mean, he came in. He, he's ideally a tackle, but he's going to move into guard. I think what he does on that offensive line is going to be uh, very apparent to everyone, and he's he might be the best offensive lineman we have. So I'm looking forward to watching him open holes for Aaron Foster or JGI on defense. I'm going to try to go out on the limb. Other than Xavier Howard, who is pretty much, in my opinion, the key to this year, if Xavier Howard's a decent cornerback the Dolphins might have a chance to play off spot. But for me, I'm going to go with Kiko Alonso. I know some people didn't really like the trade. Um, living up here in the Philadelphia area, for me, I was pretty ecstatic that we got Kiko Alonso. I mean, I know he had a down year with the Eagles, but what he did in Buffalo was enough for me to get excited to watch him play this year. And I think he's going to be a huge addition to the defense 
that's my Keith, yeah. Keith Kiko is very interesting to watch. I'm gonna be watching him very closely. For me, my offensive player of the year is going to be Ryan Tannehill. I know that seems like an obvious pick, but not really. I think he's really going to turn the corner this year. Um, all the signs are pointing at him in the direction, and I think Adam Gase is just too good to let him fail. Uh, my defensive player of the year. Oh, geez. You know, the obvious pick is Rashad Jones, uh, Kiko Alonso we mentioned. Should I go out of the box? I'm going to go out of the box, and I'm going to say Xavier Howard. And, and that's way out of the box, right, Xavier Howard like way out of the box. But listen, if the coaching staff, they've been tough on their rookies, but this guy has made an impact in the spring, and now he's coming back, and he's being put right into the starting lineup. It speaks volumes about the talent that this guy has and about the potential this guy has. And uh, we're going to see him in action on Sunday, going man-to-hand against, against the other guys on the Seahawks. He's going to be playing on his own island, basically. Dolphins are going to scheme away from him, let him do his thing. So it's going to be fun to watch. All right, we've got to move on to our next segment. We will get back to the uh, questions in a live thread and on Twitter. Again, if you want to call us and talk to us, we will stop our conversations and answer your call. Again, that number is 347-326-9461, 347-326-9461. We're going to jump into some fantasy football analysis which will make a staple on this show every week for you. We have some great, talented fantasy football players such as myself, Houts, Sutton, and McKinney behind the scenes who's running our board right now. As you can tell, we are very busy with calls backed up. He's, he's trying to screen them, get them on the show to make sure they really want to talk to us and just didn't dial the wrong number. 95% of the time, they dial the wrong number. We have to hang up on them. Uh, so, so McKinney, well, Kenny, he's always welcome to join us and pop in whenever he wants to. All right, so we're going to talk about our own draft. I'm in seven different leagues. Uh, I was in eight, but I dropped out of one because it was just getting a little too much. So seven is a bit more manageable. Uh, seven different leagues. It's a little bit crazy, but all my drafts are done. I ready to go for the NFL season. And my drafts are gone. You know, they're, they're the drafts. You know, you always get those one or two people that just go crazy with, with their picks, and it's stupid. You get some other guys who really know what they're doing, and you get guys who are just going by the overall rankings that they see. Obviously, in the online drafts, you have the rankings list in front of you. and the live drafts in person, you're relying on a magazine or your own personal research to get the job done, which causes other issues as well. So, for the most part, my drafts have gone well. We're going to talk about, you know, crazy reach, crazy steals in a little bit. You know, I've had fun. I prefer the live in-person drafts because you can get drunk, you can drink beer, you can uh, eat lots of pizza, eat lots of chicken wings, and just tell your wife that your draft took seven hours and really while you're sleeping under the table after you're passed out after two rounds. <laughs> Lying is never the answer. Yeah, how, how about you? I know how you're in six leagues, right? How have your drafts gone so far? Yeah, I mean, I've been happy overall. Uh, it seems to be pretty heavy on wide receivers for me. I've managed to screw up a couple times at running back. I for In our league, I took Le'Veon Bell and screwed up and did not take D'Angelo Williams. So I'm relying on Amir Abdullah this week, so. Oh, and other than geez. that, I've, I've I've done pretty well. I'm pretty happy. I think I should win a couple of these leagues, but in there's a couple different things I wish I could do differently in each of the leagues that I've done. Yeah, I'm kind of like you, Houts. I'm kind of like you, Houts. Whenever I look at my team, initially, usually I'm like, eh, kind of drafted a city team. I wish I could do that over again. Right. So, uh, but it just seems like as the as the season plays on and 
and, and I'm of the belief that playing the waiver wire might be the most important thing you can do in fantasy oh, yeah, football absolutely. and get lucky yeah. in our stack. And if you play and if you play in a league with a bunch of distracted people that don't pay attention to that kind of stuff, you just have that much <laughs> more of a chance of getting, you know, prime players to fill your fill your lineups on a regular basis. So um like I said earlier, the earlier draft picks, you just want to kind of not screw up. And I, I, I took, um, I took David Johnson number one, took Keenan Allen number two, and took Lashawn McCoy number three. So I'm liking the the mix of high ceilings and boomer bust type of stuff. Um, but I think those are going to be some consistent players for me. So you know, you never know. Yeah, no, that, that that's good stuff. How about your uh, craziest reach thus far in your draft, Sutton? What have you seen in your drafts that people have, you know, reached crazy on? I could not believe this, and I'm not making this up. I saw somebody take Melvin Gordon with a first-round pick. Oh, no, wow. are you kidding me? Melvin Gordon. Wow. Yeah, I thought mine was bad. Um, yours might be worse than mine. I'm not, I'm not I, yeah, I don't. Sure. I don't even know how to justify that. Hopefully, nobody from my fantasy league is going to listen to this tonight. But oh, I hope they are. Man, that was uh, wow! I could not believe that. I was like, unless you're married to Melvin okay. Gordon, you should not be drafting him that high. Yeah, how, how yeah, about I, you? How I, about I get, I get the fact that he was a nice little sleeper pick. You know, he obviously didn't do anything yeah. last year, so the only arrow is you know pointing up for him, but. That's reach for him with the first round. That's a little bit excessive for me. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, how about you? For me, I mean, these aren't quite as crazy as Melvin Gordon, but I saw AP go number two, and I saw Aaron Rodgers go number three. And I've, like we said, I've done seven leagues, and it seems the best bet seems to be to wait on quarterbacks because there's a lot of great talent in the late rounds, and seeing Aaron Rodgers go third, that kind of took me off guard. Yeah, that's that's a little that's a little high for Rodgers. For me, and this is where I thought it would be a little crazier or the craziest one, but seeing Melvin Gordon pick with the first round, that's by far the craziest. But Tom Brady <laughs> picked number eleven overall oh, in one yeah, of my drafts, and that, and that was a bit ridiculous. Then I saw a defense picked in the fifth round. These are two yeah. separate drafts, so th- those were a bit crazy. Now, how about the? Uh, the guy who dropped the furthest for you in your draft, uh, the the guy with the most value that you were able to pick up in the late rounds, Houts, uh, what do you got for us? I mean, for me, it's it's not so much of a late round, but I took DeAndre Hopkins with the eighth pick, which seems to be my uh, – okay. I've been in four – I've been in seven drafts this year, and I think I've gotten the eighth pick in five or six of them. But I took DeAndre Hopkins, and then with the 13th pick or 14th in the next round, for some reason Ezekiel Elliott was sitting there, and that to me seemed oh, wow. like a pretty – big drop for Ezekiel Elliott because, I mean, I've been high on Ezekiel Elliott throughout the draft process, and I think behind that offensive line, he's going to tear shit up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, and how about you? Now, I play in an IDP league for all you non-hipsters. That's an individual defensive player league. And <laughs> I, was able, I was able to get Rashad Jones, and it's not necessarily the round that I took him just because there's so many rounds you're picking so many players. But right. he was the eighth defensive back taken when I took him. I could wow. not – I was like, did anybody pay attention last year? I mean, that's all Rashad Jones did was put up just monster numbers. Um, he 
he just he destroyed like linebackers. He was one of the he might have been the best defensive player IDP player last year to saw on his own. So to get him as the eighth defensive back taken, I was pretty happy about that. That's pretty Absolutely. nice. So for me, I uh, I got Randall Cobb in the sixth round in one of my leagues, That's a good which pick. I thought which I thought was you know a good good value, and then. In round seven, I got Doug Baldwin in a 10-team league, which is about pick number uh, 75, 76. I got Doug Baldwin, and we saw Doug Baldwin going, you know, pretty early in a lot of drafts. And then I followed that Doug Baldwin up with freaking Jordan Matthews in round 10. And I know Jordan Matthews didn't have the best of years last year, but, uh, yeah, Jordan Matthews in round 10 is a freaking Now, MC Money, you're going to be benching – you're going to be benching (laughs) Doug Baldwin week one, Correct. Oh, absolutely. He is sitting right on my starting spot in the flex position. <laughs> there is yeah. no way I'm, I'm, I'm sitting Doug Baldwin week one. Well, let's, let's yeah. be realistic. I mean, I love the Dolphins. Here, I know. You have, to be re- you have to be realistic. I'm playing pretty much no, any I know. wide here's receiver good, that's going against thing. the Dolphins. I'm playing them in fantasy football. This no, year. I got you. Here's the good thing about <laughs> playing in seven different leagues. Like, you don't care what your team does. You set your lineup and, and forget about it, basically. Because if you got one guy in one league, you're going against that guy in another league. And pretty much <laughs> you're going against everyone else and they're on your teams as well. So that I had, I think I did five or six leagues last year and I kind of liked it. It was a lot of work, but I liked it because I, I wasn't getting pissed off on Sundays besides the Dolphins losing. And I wasn't <laughs> getting pissed off in my fantasy teams because yeah. it was helping me out in the other leagues. And when you have one or two leagues, uh, you get too emotionally invested and you start throwing stuff at the TV you uh, start, you know, yelling at your wife and you start taking your little child and, and you know, yelling at, yelling at them and, and then your wife and your child leaves to go shopping and then your credit card bill gets racked up and then you're like, wow, what just happened? The dolphin's so the walking. I know, and then, I like it. Yeah, and then you're eating Panera bread all of a sudden French at night <laughs> and then things just get weird after that. Yeah, so for those who don't know, I had Panera Bread for dinner tonight right before the show, and I had French onion soup, and they're giving me crap about it ever since I sent them a picture. I, I told you to get of French, French onion, onion soup. But listen, I'm not, sure why, I'm not sure why I even sent them a picture of my dinner, but I did it, okay? So that, that just happened. That happened a little earlier tonight. That's just the gentleman you are, MC Money. Absolutely. All right, let's move on. Um, how t- we actually have a question that ties into our next part. Uh, Andrew at AG Bizzle on Twitter asked, which Dolphin would you start on a fantasy football league this weekend? Houts and then Sutton. This weekend? Uh, this weekend, meaning one. Sunday. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Aaron Foster because I didn't see enough out of Jay Ajayi or any of the running backs to say that Foster isn't going to be the workhorse. Uh, I know Seattle has a tough defense, but I like Miami's offensive line. I like what they've done. Throughout the preseason, yes, I know preseason doesn't matter, but if Miami wants to win this weekend, they need to run the football, and I think Aaron Foster is the key to that, so I'm going to go Aaron Foster. Ooh, wow, that's a little surprising. Yeah, I think I would go – I'm actually going to go Ryan Tannehill, believe it wow. or not. Wow, wow. Um, I think that uh, <laughs> that if we win this game, it's going to be Tannehill just making excellent decisions. And one of the things that got brought up on a separate Finsider article was uh, Daryl Dumpty brought up the fact of how important communication is going to be week one, you know, how loud it is at Seattle. But you also have to factor in uh, that Tannehill's perhaps audibling 
at the line of scrimmage and being able to communicate all the different stuff that he wants to be able to do. And for somebody yep. that hasn't done it a whole lot, if at all, in the last few years, um, you have to kind of factor that into it a little bit. But with that being said, uh, I, I think that if we move the ball this weekend, it's going to be through the air. Uh, I, I do believe that we have to be balanced on offense, but I think the big plays are going to come through the air somehow. That's an interesting thought. For me, the answer is nobody. Um, but if I had to pick somebody, <laughs> it's going to be Jarvis Landry. Uh, I know that kind of ties in with Tannehill a little bit, but Jarvis Landry is going to be a security blanket. With Devontae Parker, questionable to play at best. Uh, I think we'll see a lot from Jarvis Landry going with the short passes over the middle and such. And in the PPR league, I think Jarvis Landry is pure gold. If you have more fantasy questions for us, feel free to tweet them at us. Feel free to post them in our Finsider live thread. Feel free to call us. We want to hear your voice. We want to see how you talk. Actually, we have a caller right now that he wants to talk about the upcoming game in Seattle, which is a great segue into our next segment. I'm going to bring Daryl on the line. Daryl, welcome to Finsider Radio. Hey, guys. Daryl, thank you for taking my call. Yeah, not a problem. Daryl, what's your question about the upcoming game? Real quick, I have, I'm going to get to the Seahawks-Dolphins game. But I, I just cannot get into the fantasy football, guys. I, I, just, I see these things at the Hooters and the Buffalo Wild Wings, the draft parties. It's big on radio and social media. I just can't – no disrespect, but I just can't help but think it's for guys who really don't want to bet on games. I mean, who the hell – could sit there for a whole season and worry about <laughs> stats to maybe win 150 bucks, put $1,500 on the line for Thursday night's college football game. Who watches all that football and hopes that, uh, you know, Tony Romo throws a 50 yard touchdown pass at the end. So they get some sort of a fantasy ring guys. I, I just can't get into it, but God bless the people to do. Apparently we have Dr. Daryl on the line. <laughs> Never mind just Daryl, Dr. Daryl. <laughs> No, that's a good that's a good point, Daryl. No, that is a great point. And every season I ask myself why I still play fantasy football and then every season I sign up for it again. So I don't know what to tell I mean, you. I got funny say, they they call me all the time. They're they're in this fantasy thing. Now I mean some of them are in fifty of them and I go over to their house, I can't even enjoy the Vikings game or the Dolphins game because they're there hoping that Adrian Peterson gets another three carries so, you know, they can beat their <laughs> wife's cousin in some sort of pool. And I said, well, what did you win? You know, I get $50 at the end of the year if I come into first place. So I throw those people the hell out of the house. But, guys, listen, I, I need to – before we get – the big Dolphins game this weekend, I'm not a Tanny Hill fan, never have been. I think he's highly overrated. They're still looking for Marino uh, 20 years later. But, guys, what I need to – know and I would have loved to have seen him sign Tim Tebow if nothing else just to put some juice in the preseason sell some jerseys get some interest going in that program they're not going to do that he's a Florida guy but guys listen I need some Chloe news do you guys have any Chloe Marino news that bastard that Marino had outside of his his marriage do do we know where this bastard is the the whore that he was fucking to get this kid do you guys have any Chloe information because it's been dormant since 2013 wow well, okay, that, was, that took a turn for the worse. That, 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 that started <laughs> off. That started off well, and then I don't know what happened. With sorry, that. sorry, guys, I dumped him. I hope that's no, okay. I remember the first time I had a beer. I couldn't get to my dump button fast enough. I am not sure what just happened. Listen, we're not going to address that on the air. If you want to look that up, Daryl, you can certainly Google it. Um, we know as much as we know as much as you do. Um, 
Wow. You know, I was just going to say Daryl Collin every week because you are an entertaining guy, but then. He was, yeah. I agree. Wow. All right. Anyway, I mean, the... so, so he, did, he did say he wanted to talk about the Seahawks game, and then that had nothing to do with the Seahawks game. Anyways, let's go to the Seahawks game because that's where the Dolphins will play week one. Uh, wow, that was freaking nuts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Holy that's crap. You'll never Holy forget that. crap. Alpha in the live thread, uh, that bastard laughing my ass off. Oh my god! All right, that this is this is one for the ages. Okay, I need to regain focus here. Let's get let's get back on track. So I'm going to give you some inside inside information um, that the Dolphins have going on this week. Give you a little peek behind the curtain. Of course, I have people I talk to down down in Davie and and in the facility, and then other people I talk to, you know, privately on Twitter who have sources with the team. So they're kind of the middleman. Here's what's going on. Dolphins are considering opening up in two tight end sets if Parker cannot go, which is a little concerning because Jordan Cameron and Deion Sims have both struggled throughout the entire preseason. So that will be interesting to see what happens there if Devontae Parker cannot go, how they will attack that. I've been told that the Dolphins have not shown a lot during preseason and they haven't shown what they can really do on offense and they've played vanilla defense. So that's going to be interesting to see on Sunday when they come out. The Dolphins' game plan, as of right now and as of what they're telling people, hang around until the fourth quarter, until the pressure builds for the home team, which is Seattle. I don't agree with this game plan. Because if you have the chance to put them away early, you do that and you deflate the crowd. But apparently the Dolphins think by playing close and hanging around, they can win in the fourth quarter. That always makes all of us nervous because we're sitting on pins and needles only to see the Dolphins lose the game with three minutes to go. Uh, let's just hope it's, it's not that situation. More inside information uh, for you. The Dolphins have been practicing um, for a lot, a lot of the week with wet footballs. I was going to say wet balls, but I'll say wet footballs. Good, uh, good choice. Good choice. Yeah, that is a good choice, even though I said wet balls. But, yeah, wet footballs because in Seattle it rains, right? And it's a 1 o'clock game, and we're in September, and I'm not sure what September has to do with rain, but I'm going to go with it. Uh, so that you're getting prepared for that. Obviously, the crowd noise is a big thing. The Dolphins are going to go in with a silent count. They're not going to be doing much talking at the line of scrimmage. A lot of hand signals, so it's going to be important for them to get on the same page. The Dolphins coaches are worried, of course, about the uh, offensive and defensive side of the ball miscommunicating because up there it is a deadly, deadly thing if they miscommunicate and miss a play or several plays. Uh, they are traveling to Seattle tomorrow, which is Thursday. They are doing that to combat the jet lag. I posted a few things on Twitter earlier today about jet lag. You should count when you're going to the west side. You should count uh, every time you cross a time zone. You should give yourself every time you cross one and a half time zones or every time you cross two time zones or something like that, you should give yourself a day to recover. So the Dolphins are crossing uh, – two time zones basically, right, going from mountain time then to west coast time. So they're really not going to get over their jet lag until Saturday. Here's the thing about jet lag, though. If you're, if you're any kind of injured or beat up or a little bit, you're going to take longer to recover. That's obviously not good news for Devontae Parker. He has hamstring injuries. He's cramping up. So it's going to be interesting to see how he responds to that type of thing. But if they um, – they get there tomorrow. They're going to be fine to go on Sunday. They should have all their jet lag out of their system. The Dolphins have team doctors, sports science guys, and they know what they're doing. All right, Sutton, give me one key only, one key for the Dolphins to win the game on offense. 
Well, thank you for limiting the scope of the conversation because there really is a ton of stuff that we're going to have to do offensively to make all this work. But I think the one key is to be in a manageable third down situation um, consistently. Uh, That means that we're going to have to not make stupid penalties and get us in first and 20s and stuff like that. We cannot do that kind of stuff against this offense, or I'm sorry, against the Seattle defense. And so we, we need to avoid all, all those self-inflicted wounds that we're used to the Dolphins doing. And we need to be in the third and threes, third and fours, third and ones, third and sixes, even third and eights. I can deal with a third and eight. I'm sick of being in third and 23. And we're get, we're, if we can get in a manageable third down situation in Seattle and be able to convert some of those, sustain some drives, um, keep that offense on the sideline, let their wet balls just sit on the bench over there, you know, let's, uh, let's get in a good, let's get good first downs, first of all, but let's, uh, let's, let's get some third downs, sustained drives and see what we can do going forward. We need time of possession. How, how about you? One key on offense. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's a little cliche. I, I mentioned the run game earlier, but for me, it's probably just making sure we protect the football. I mean, we've all seen Ryan Tannehill. He comes out, he makes some great throws, some great plays, and then he always has that one play where it just looks like you just see him throwing interceptions. You're just like, what, what the hell was he thinking? Miami needs to limit those mistakes. They need to control the football, uh, hold on to the ball, and just make sure we do not – give Seattle any more opportunities than they already possess because if they get those chances, that is when the game's going to spin ball out of control. Yeah. And turnovers, turn, yeah, turnovers, like you said, how it's turnovers is going to be huge in this game. Um, if we stay in this game, I think it's because we are winning the turnover battle somehow. Completely agree. Yeah. And I'm going to echo you guys control the, control the clock, control the game. Um, probably don't want to step out there with your offense to begin the game. The crowd is going to be loud. They're going to be loud regardless. Loud regardless. Um, Dolphins are really in a no-win situation to start the game. If they start on defensive side of the ball and the Seahawks go in and score a touchdown, the crowd is just going to be that much more rowdy. If the Dolphins start with the ball on offense, the crowd is going to be absolutely crazy. Um, so it's just really maintaining focus, making sure they have you know all, all their systems in check and, and really just keeping themselves in check. And now over pursuing and not getting over uh, hyped up uh, once the game begins. All right, one key on defense for me that is rushing the passer and getting to Russell Wilson, but also containing him in the pocket or outside uh, defensive ends need to go on the outside, contain the outside, not let Russell Wilson get outside the pocket. Our defensive tackles and linebackers need to do a good job of containing the inside part of the line. The Dolphins can keep Russell Wilson inside the pocket. They have a good chance of uh, you know keeping him off balance and making sure they're getting off the field before they start scoring touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. How it's one key on defense for you. Yeah. For, for me, it's just uh, on the outside. It's maintaining a uh, big, their receiving core. I, I'm looking at it right now. we got Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett, Jermaine curse. And then I believe Jimmy Graham was a uh, full participant in practice. So, I mean, for me, it's just, we need someone to cover Jimmy Graham, and we need our corners on the outside, Byron Maxwell and Xavier Howard. We just need them to stick to their man. We need to hope that they can they can uh, guard their guys long enough to let that pass rush get there, like you said, and 
for me, it's the secondary. Can they hold up? I mean, that's kind of been the biggest question mark throughout the preseason. And for me, that's going to be what ultimately wins or loses the game for Miami. Sutton, one key on defense for you. I think our defensive line needs to kick ass all game long. I, I think that's the one positional group that we have a distinct advantage over Seattle. And we need to capitalize on that strength. And we need to be able to not only get Sue in the interior to, to have a messy pocket for Wilson to work with, but also just because how much depth Russell Wilson gets on his drops because he's short, you know, he needs to get a little extra depth to, to see over the line of scrimmage. We're going to need to set the edge and not let him break those plays off and keep him in the pocket where hopefully we're redirecting him to Ndamukam Sue where he is going to devour him. So hopefully we can destroy the, uh, the Seattle offensive line because that's the one weak link um, that I see uh, on that side of the ball for them. So if we can um, get a uh, get an advantage over that Seattle offensive line, I think we could possibly make this a low-scoring game and be able to hang around for a little bit. Um, we're going to need to be able to stop the run. Obviously, they have a propensity to run the ball, and, and Thomas Rawls is going to be back, so I think they're going to be firing on all cylinders in terms of their running back by committee approach. Um, so if we can stop the run, and we can make the pocket uncomfortable for Russell Wilson, and we can get to him early, perhaps uh, get a couple of three and outs or maybe get a turnover, um, get a sack, something like that. Um, that was the recipe for the, for the L.A. Rams last year when they beat Seattle week one. They sacked Russell Wilson six times. Um, they, they got off to a big lead. They were able to... Uh, get a, a, a semi-decent running game going, and that's, that was the recipe for beating Seattle week one last year. So I look for the defensive line to be able to create that kind of chaos, um, maybe get four, five, six sacks in this game like the L.A. Rams did last year. And if we can create that kind of chaos in the pocket for Russell Wilson, then we have a chance to stick around for a little while. And you guys have watched enough ball games where you know that – if a team like the Dolphins stick around for a while, we might just pull it off at the end. Yeah, can you guys can you guys hear me? I can. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I said I was. I said I was disconnected there for a second, but looks like I'm back in. Um, yeah. So those are our keys to the game, guys, on offense and defensive side of the ball. It's going to be very interesting to see what our coaches come out with with their game plan, how they disguise their coverages, how Adam Gase comes out with his first game as a head coach and his offensive system. I have complete confidence in, in both Vance Joseph and Adam Gase and all the other assistant coaches. Uh, I think it's going to be a great game and, and really interesting to see how the Dolphins play and respond and really take this next step into this new era. All right. We doesn't look like we have any questions in the live thread, no questions on Twitter. And, God, even if we did have someone on hold, I'd be afraid to answer that call <laughs> Petrified. after what we just went through. So, um, I, mean, I guess that's not a bad thing. <laughs> All right, so bold predictions for the 2016 season. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to, one, predict the record for the Dolphins. Two, predict the Super Bowl matchup. And three, predict the Dolphins MVP. Sutton, you're first. Oh, geez. Um, I was going to go uh, something innocent like we play well as an underdog 
going into week one to remember for people uh, going into Seattle. But, man, bold predictions. Darn you, MC Money, you and your extravagant plans. Um, I'm going to go 8-8 eight and eight for the Dolphins. I, I'm a totally jaded Dolphins fan, so it's hard for me to convince myself anything other than 8-8 eight and eight is appropriate for the Miami Dolphins. Um, so I'll go 8-8. Eight and eight. I'll say the Super Bowl. Um, I'm not going to pick the Patriots. Screw the Patriots. Let's go someone different like the Colts. And so I'll say Colts and the Packers. All right. And the Dolphins MVP, who do you got? And the Dol- and the Dolphins MVP is going to be Juice Landry, who becomes a household name for everybody in the entire world. All right. How about uh, Houts? What do you got? You got Dolphins record, Super Bowl matchup, and the Dolphins MVP. All right. Well, for being optimistic, I'm going to go nine and seven as far as the record. Uh, as far as the Super Bowl, we'll go Arizona Cardinals versus Pittsburgh Steelers. And for the Dolphins MVP, I'm going to trust in Adam Gates. I love Ryan Tannehill, so I'm going to say Ryan Tannehill's the Dolphins MVP, leading up to a nine and seven record. All right, and for me, I am going to go with a. Nine and seven record for the Miami Dolphins. I think the coaching staff gets a few more wins out of this team that the previous coaching staff wasn't able to. I think they do sneak a few in there uh, just on coaching alone. For me, the Super Bowl matchup, and I'm going to take a few seconds to think this out loud. I do like the Chiefs. You know, they are always seem to be right in the mix. But of course, you got Andy Reid there. Um, there's no one in the AFC that's really a standout, and I'm not going to say the Patriots because I hate the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, any Dolphins fan should hate the Patriots. I think the Bengals are right there with a the new offensive coordinator. They may take a step back there. Um, the Raiders, I think, are a little too young. I think the Texans, Brock Osweiler, uh, you know, I don't know. The Texans were right there last year, too. Uh, the Colts, Joe Philbin's the offensive line coach, so I don't really want to talk about that too much. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go with the Steelers for the AFC, and I'm going to talk out the NFC out loud as well. And, I, guys, I want you to save this podcast and come back to it in February when the Steelers uh, do not make the Super Bowl because the Dolphins are in there and you can troll me all you want. Um, I like the Seahawks. I like the Panthers. I like the Packers. There's a lot in the NFC to like about. I love the Cardinals. I love Bruce Arians. And I don't really want to steal the previous prediction uh, the Rams, they have Jeff Fisher, and Jeff Fisher is going to Jeff Fisher. We all know that. I do think the Packers make a rebound. I think the Packers are back in the Super Bowl. I think we see a Packers-Steelers Super Bowl. Two uh, diehard fan bases, which would be a lot of fun to watch and to see how they react and interact with each other leading up to the game. Dolphins MVP for me is Ryan Tannehill. I am Team Tannehill all the way uh, until he gets cut, traded, released, or retires as one of the greatest Dolphins quarterbacks of all time. Quarterback. Quarterback. Yes, that quarterback. is, that, that quarterback. is my accent. All right, before we get, let you go, uh, before the final uh, podcast, Finsider Radio, before the first game, we have another caller on the line, and he wants Alpha. <laughs> I mean, we know Alpha's safe, right? I think, All right, we're I think good. he's safe. I think he's safe. All right, he wants to give us his prediction for the season. Well, Alpha, I'm glad you want to give us your prediction because really no one asked for it, but 
we'll listen to it anyway. So welcome to Finside Radio. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, I'm sorry that you guys were all shook up on that last call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we had no idea. That was that was crazy. Johnny, please don't scar us for life, okay? Please. No, 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 no more, no more Reno family anything. So, no, the key, the key, <laughs> the key to the win, I think, is going to be Adrian Foster. If he runs well, they're going to win the game. Not only that, because he's going to run well, he's going to run well throughout the season, and that's going to make the Dolphins a 10-6 and six team. Ooh, okay. I like it. Now, I now, like it. Let me, let me follow up with that just real quick, NC Money. Um, Arian Foster certainly separated himself from Jay Ajayi in the preseason. It didn't seem even close, to be honest with you. Um, even right. just, the, just the cut that he made at the goal line, and that Atlanta game to score a touchdown. Uh, that was the cut that I needed to see. Um, I think to, Isaiah Teague outplayed guy. Yeah, I mean his his production Sadly. has been better. And you can you you guys play fantasy football. Obviously, you have like seventy five thousand teams, so hmm. you know that Arian Foster is capable of putting up ridiculous numbers when he's healthy. Um, so. <clears throat> Johnny, to go back to you, if uh, if we can keep Arian Foster healthy somehow, get a nice um, spell at running back from time to time, um, I right. like Arian Foster going forward. Yeah, All right. Hey, he's going to take the pressure off of Tannehill. That's why I think it's going to be key. Anyway, Absolutely. That's my two cents worth. All right, Alpha, do you want to give us your uh, Super Bowl matchup? Oh, man. Um no, I don't have anybody. All right. Hey, that works. You can just say Dolphins all the way, and we'll take it. Okay, we'll Dolphins all the way. All right. Thank you, Alpha, as always. Thank you for calling in. Alpha, a.k.a. Johnny, a very dedicated listener, very dedicated user in our live thread on thefinsider.com, and we never have to really worry too much when Alpha calls in. It's the, you know the stuff that he types online behind his keyboard when he's not talking to us that makes us a little bit nervous, especially when he starts talking about coming to our houses to uh, to see us. So, yeah. <laughs> That's my ironic, part. isn't it? Yeah, we're, great we're show, tr- guys. We're trusting uh, Alpha tonight, and people named Daryl can't call yeah. in and tell us crazy uh, now. something about, uh, I don't think about we'll, the Dolphins. I don't think we will top that. Um, that will be, <laughs> I don't know. That bad. <laughs> that no, bad. We, we had a good show tonight. Despite that, you know, despite that Daryl guy calling, and who knows if even that's his real name. It's probably not. But despite that, um, great show. We talked a lot about the upcoming game, gave you some inside information about the upcoming game, talked about the team captains that were named earlier today. Uh, it's going to be fun. Football is back, finally. It. it all kicks Can't off wait. tomorrow night, Panthers versus Broncos. Set your fantasy lineups. Uh, get your popcorn ready. Get your white Russians ready. Get your beer ready. Whatever you prefer to drink, whether it's Kool-Aid, and I'm going to be drinking lots of Kool-Aid this year. Um, Absolutely. Get it, get, get it ready. James. You know, before we hang up, let's bring in James. James, how about our James is our producer behind the scenes, and he's the one who let Daryl on the line and dumped him, dumped him just as quickly. But James McKinney, uh, you guys know him on the Finsider.com. James, what is your prediction for the season in a Super Bowl matchup? Um, I don't know about Super Bowl. If if I, I'm I'm thinking along the same lines as Alpha, if if uh, we get running production production. Um, we do beat Seattle, but we'll go twelve and twelve and four then, not ten and six. Ten and six is meh. 
Yeah, I like twelve I like and four. That. I like that. We can do it. It's been way I too mean, if long. We, if, if, if we if if we can beat Seattle, we can win twelve games. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely right. Listen, <laughs> if if the Dolphins go in and beat Seattle, I am listening to sports talk radio all freaking night. Okay. I am oh, watching yeah. ESPN all night. I'm listening to radio all night, and I'm not going to bed. All right, that's just the way it's going Dude, to be. Yeah, so let's have a three. Let's have a three a.m. Let's agree right now that we have a three a.m. <laughs> podcast if we win Sunday, because I'm going to need to not only uh, party a little bit for the game, but then come down from that party to be able to participate in conversation with y'all. So I think by 3 a.m., I think we should be able to have a, a semi-intelligible conversation. I am completely down for it, and right. you, may be, oh, well. you may be by yourself, but, hey, it is what it is, right? Let's just do it right after the game. Forget it. Let's just do it right after. Yeah, so so if you do follow us on Twitter or thefinsider.com, um, there will be times this season where we jump on the air uh, right after a game, uh, whether it's a win or a loss, whether you want to vent to us and call into the show we want to celebrate with us and listen to the Dolphins play at 4 p.m. on Sunday. So that might be a good opportunity for us to start to show up after the game. We have that little break in between the, uh, the end of the game and Sunday night football. So please be on the lookout for that. We'll try to give you as little, uh, as much notice as possible head towards the end of the game. All right. Football is back boys and girls. Uh, it starts all Thursday night Broncos versus Panthers and the real stuff. Uh, continues on Sunday, and then we have a doubleheader on Monday night. But thank God, um, football, I've missed you. For Matt Canada, I am joined by Sutton and Houts and James McKinney behind the scenes. Have a good night. Good night. Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z. Hello, you're listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play. Brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories. Like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0. Or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. 
Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.